0: Welcome to the Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Welcome to a special edition of the Crunch, recorded live at RE Barcamp 2018. This episode features David James Sales Coach discussing the beliefs and values of a master prospector. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh... I'm the smallest bloke in the room, so I've always got to stand up here. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Pete. Uh, uh, I'm a bit emotional about all that, Peter. And uh, you didn't tell him about your car, Pete, where I said, have you got a motor car? And Pete said, not here today, because he had a beat-up old Commodore, and he didn't want to show it to me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to talk to you a bit about prospecting. And uh, uh, perhaps I've been fortunate in my career that I can invent scripts on the run. Perhaps it's because, as Pete says, I'm a communicator. Perhaps it's because I never shut up and I keep talking and I even talk in my sleep. <laughs> but prospecting is the key. Every listing authority that you take is a byproduct, is a byproduct of your prospecting. Every offer and acceptance you take is a byproduct of your prospecting. And prospecting's never been more important than what it is today in 2018. People continually ask me, DJ, over the years, what have you seen as the major changes in the industry? And I'll just relate to the major change I see now, which is I believe it's far more competitive today than what I've ever known it. And that's been brought about by the continual overpricing listings and cutting of fees. And you need to be able to prospect and you need the magical number that we're going to work on today will be 1,000 plus future sellers in a fit, active, healthy, communicating database. Because you need to be able today, when you go to that listing presentation, to go there on your agenda and not someone else's, meaning who the hell am I coming up against today? I hope it's not Billy Smith because he cuts fees all the time. I hope it's not Mary Brown because she overprices listings. You need to be able to go to your listing presentations on your agenda and you go on your agenda when you've got an existing healthy relationship with that person. So the key number is in your databases is 1000. And can I just say for people that are new to the industry or haven't been in the industry long? I believe the most important thing over and above your registration to start is to actually know your CRM system. I still hear it today from veterans. Don't use a CRM, DJ, because I don't know how to use it. We have so much available to us today in regards to capturing data, spewing out that data and getting paid on the way through. So 1,000 future sellers and 30 plus in your listing pipeline. 30 plus in your listing pipeline. So we'll work towards those, to those, to those numbers during my 45 minutes that I've got with you this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, this market will change. I come from Kalgoorlie, or I used to live in Kalgoorlie and had a business in Kalgoorlie. We were flying during the 80s. And the 10th of October, 1987, saw the biggest share market crash, the second biggest share market crash in the history of the world. We were done. We were done. Slit your wrists, hang yourself, DJ, because she's all over. But you know what? It came back. In 1993, people were paying 17% for a home loan mortgage. We were done. And our then Prime Minister, uh, Paul Keating, said to us, That this is the recession we had to have. Well, that's great for my business, Paul. You've really done me a lot of favours. And unbeknown to you, in the mid-90s, the Australian government sold the entire gold bullion holding of Australia. And that ruined the gold mining industry in Kalgoorlie. Once again, we were down and out, but we kept bouncing back. At the start of the GFC... Ireland had to borrow $100 billion off the European economy to keep going. You cannot now buy a house in Belfast. It will bounce back, ladies and gentlemen. And one of my key messages to you today is: you need to start preparing today for the turnaround in the market. It won't be the opportunity. Oh right. Eh? <laughs> It, it won't be the opportunity. It's being ready for the opportunity when it comes along. And I've got people in my database that I've got a relationship with that I can ring and say, Kevin, David James here. Mate, you probably noticed the sign down the road, had an under-office ticket on it on a couple of weeks. I know you told me not to ring you till the end of the year, but I've got a bit of activity happening. Can I call by this afternoon on the way home from work and have a yarn to you? in regards to what we should do with your property. You'll have hundreds of those phone calls in your database if you make a start today, everyone. Because I've been there and done that and I know what it's like. I used to even pull, as soon as I saw a change in the market, I'd I'd cancel home opens for a weekend and say to everyone, we are not doing any home opens this weekend. If you've got a problem with your vendors, I'll ring them and we're going to spend the weekend door knocking. And that's what we did as a team. Ten people, one side of a street at a time. Then we moved on to the next side, etc. because we knew the market was turning and we needed stock. If I haven't got any tomatoes in my corner deli, I'm not going to sell any this weekend. And stock is the key to what you're doing and that'll come from your prospecting. You might be wondering why I've got all this stuff here um, because Peter Fletcher, when he started with me, said to me, what do I do now, Dave? And this is the only phone book I could find, actually, which was one out of my... I was down at my Esperance property last week and having a little week's break, and I found this. So I said to Pete, go through the phone book, my son. You can have Lamington, which was a suburb of Kalgoorlie. Go through and find all the people that live in Lamington and ring them up. Because that's what we had. That's how we did business. And the point I'm going to make to you here, in 2018, with regards to prospecting, you cannot be defined by what you don't know to do. Because this was it. And I know there's some people sitting in the room here today that will remember this. In the early 90s, we were rescued by Tom Hopkins. This was it, and it's still applicable today. So all of a sudden, we had something. In Kalgoorlie, it took us 10 years. It took us 10 years to get the Real Estate Institute of WA to come to Kalgoorlie to do a half-day training course. 10 years. And we just learned. How we learned it is beyond me. But today, I can drive here today and listen to a podcast. At lunchtime, when I'm sitting in a coffee shop, I can go into YouTube and find out more information information. Every morning when I get out of bed, there's a dozen emails there of people from the East Coast telling me what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't be defined by not knowing what to do in 2018 when it comes to prospecting. And also in 2018, you can't be defined by time. If you want a competitive edge, here's one, time. I hear this every day. DJ loved to do it, but got no time. DJ, I love to do that, but you've got no time. This is my attitude towards time, and it has been for years and years and years, as this. I fill my diary up and I'll worry about what's happened during the day at five o'clock tonight. That might take me till seven o'clock, half past seven tonight. But I've got to get face to face with people and tell them and demonstrate to them in regards to what I do, what I'm about and what I can pro- provide them with and how I can take them on the next stage of their real estate life journey. So we can't be defined by not knowing what to do and we can't be defined by uh, by time. So how do we get to these numbers? Right You've got to love the thrill of the chase. You've got to actually love chasing people down. You've got to actually love... Going to a network function where you don't know anyone. Can I just ask, can, can I have a show of hands for all those people that are sitting with their mates? Hands up all those people that are not sitting with a mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can someone go and sit with Jennifer? Because she ain't got any mates. <laughs> Sorry, Jed. Yeah. Hey, why don't we do this? When we break from morning tea, why don't we come back, if we're coming back into this room, why don't we come back and sit next to someone we don't know and either exchange business cards or exchange contacts on, on your telephone. Get to know people, ladies and gentlemen, because you don't know what's waiting out there for you. I spoke at a mortgage broker conference on Tuesday morning and at the morning tea break, this guy came up after I'd finished my presentation and said, David, you don't know me, but you've got to believe this. I'm meeting with Alan Hagen at 1.30 this afternoon. Haven't heard from Alan Hagen for 10 years. He was a major labour hire and recruiter in Kalgoorlie. What's he doing now? Well, he sold out, retired, come back in. Why would a mortgage broker be speaking that? And he said, well, he's got 50,000 people on his database. And I want to find out if any of those people need finance. As soon as I got in my car, I googled Alan, and I still got his number in my, in my uh in my phone. So around about 3.30 on Tuesday afternoon, I'm driving down to Busselton and I rang him up and he said, I've just let Scott, and I said to Scott, I bet you David James rings me within the next 48 hours. That's prospecting. Now, I've got a bid on over the next couple of weeks and next week he's in Melbourne, but can guarantee I will be sitting in his office at some stage in the next three weeks. I don't know whether there's any business there for me, but I want to renew that relationship. And I'm sure there will be something there for me straight away. So today, that person that you sit next to that you don't know just might provide you with a little bit of business. And that day they provide you with a little bit of business might be the day that you're at the end of the week and you're having a bad week and they give you a referral, et cetera. So let's mix around a little bit, everyone. OK, so you've got to love the thrill of the chase. So, yesterday I did two hours prospecting. And I made calls. Of past appraisals. I also made calls from Home Opens. And as it transpired, I got one by appraisal. I got one appraisal out of that. That's led to a listing and led to a sale eventually. Let's go here. I've got D and C, David and Cheryl, which were the seller. And I've got G and C, Greg and Claire, who were the buyer. So out of this two hours here, I've got two relationships. But out of those two relationships, David and Cheryl, because they were really happy with the deal that I'd done for them, David and Cheryl have got a social or a family database. So my task now is to infiltrate their database. Greg and Claire, who are my buyers, who are now my future seller. They've also got a database and I'm going to infiltrate their database. You've got to love the thrill of the chase, simply. Chez, just one last thing. Can I ask you to put my name forward should you know anyone at work or at school or whatever that might be buying or selling? So Chez gives me Reno and Teresa. So I do them. And then I've got, another, I've got another database happening from here. I had a guy in Kalgoorlie that owed me money. And I'll tell you what his name was Kim Loxton. <laughs> Does anyone know Kim? Okay. Kim was the guy, Kim was the guy who had to sell his racehorse 12 months ago that won last year's Caulfield Cup. Yeah, true story. And he owed me some money. I sold a little development for him of four units and in the end he said, DJ, can't pay the last commission check. Can I pay you off? Yeah, okay, Kim. He's rung me up a couple of months later, mate, have I got a deal for you. And it was a horse by the name of Satan's Halo. He said, I'm going to put you into a horse, DJ. I said, Kim, seriously, Cheryl's not going to be happy with this. (laughs) Cheryl's not going to be happy with this. Okay, so what happened, he took me that I'd never been to The Calgary Boulder Racing Club. Sure I went to the race round but all of a sudden I was going there every couple of weeks to watch this horse race. We ended up winning eight races of which those eight races we won six in Perth. So it was a good little deal from the punt point of view, never saw any stake money. (laughs) So So what happens? I met people at the racing club that I'd never known before. So I infiltrated the Calgary Boulder Racing Club's database. So all of a sudden, out of starting up and committing each day to one or two hours of prospecting, I grow my database and I grow my relationships and I grow my my, um, listing pipeline purely and simply because I take the time. Now, guys, we can give up eight hours here today, which is great and it's fantastic. And thanks for taking the time to listen to me dribble on. But seriously, we can give up eight hours here today but we can't give up an hour to make calls once a day? Stop and think about that. But this is what it can lead to. And I'll talk to you a little bit about belief in a moment. But this is what it can lead to for you. This is the thrill of the chase to chase these people down. There's something like at the last census, 70% home ownership in Australia. 95% of property transactions in Australia are done through real estate agents. There's business waiting there for you every day of the week, please believe me. If you want to take that 45 minutes or an hour each day to prospect. So how do I stay in contact with these people? Well, it's so much easier today. Because straight away I can put them into my social media. Straight away I can put them into my data. Straight away they can get a monthly newsletter. Then they can get an anniversary card on their house. Then they can get a a, a Christmas card. And I can ring them twice a year. So if you just quickly add them up without social media, I've got somewhere between 10 and 15 contacts with these people here that I hardly know. So at that crucial moment when Bill comes home and says to Mary, hey, the market's starting to move a little bit. I think we should look at selling and perhaps buying and upgrading. Now might be the time to do it. Who will we call? Well, we'll give David James a call. He's the only person that stays in contact with me. You know, one of my clients does anniversary cards. All properties in her suburb, anniversary cards. She had a phone call from a lady just recently, and when she went out there, the daughter was there, and the lady said, I've lived in this house for 45 years and never had an appraisal. It's there waiting for us, guys. The buzzword in Perth at the moment is Daniel Gonzalez. God didn't come down and say, Daniel, this is your patch on the north coast. He's taken that business off existing agents that are there. Aaron Green, I don't know if you know Aaron Green from Realmark North Coastal. In 1617 and his third year in the industry, wrote 990,000. He took business off what was already there. We're leaving the door open for these people, ladies and gentlemen. Shut them down. We don't need any more people in our industry. This is us in this room today. (laughs) This is us. Love the thrill of the chase because every one of those people you talk to, there's going to be an opportunity for you. Here's another thing why I prospect and the value of prospecting. Where else, what other industry do you know where you can build a profile against someone else's asset? Where does that happen? People are giving us their houses in which we can put a sign, and we used to put out two-pointer signs once. Now we've put out 20 <laughs> per home open, but it's fantastic. They're allowing us to build a profile, then they are, and, and they even pay for the just-listeds and pay for the just-solds, allow us to put a sold sticker and under-office sticker on. What other industry do you know where you can take someone's asset and build against it? And what about the latest technology with RP data? You can now arrive at your product destination knowing all about that product. Sure, they might have built an addition on the back, etc., but you know when they bought it, who owns it and what they paid for it. So in the early parts of my years, when we had that share market crash in 87, I'd go to people, they'd ring up and say, Dave, we've got to get out of town, want to sell a house, and we'd go there and I'd say, Oh yeah, you I reckon you'll get a couple of hundred for it. Well, that's great, you sold it to us for two fifty. We never had any access to that information. So we've got all these things that are available to us to download, ladies and gentlemen. You can do it. And use your technology to generate an income. I've come up here without a... Okay. Let's take Mount Lawley. Sorry, Nat, I've got to talk about Mount Lawley. Okay. Let's say there's 2,000 houses in Mount Lawley. This is my farm area. It's impossible for me to know everyone in those 2,000 houses. So I've got to make a connection with those people, connect. And I do that paper, digital or physical. So when you're looking at your prospecting programs, does it contain paper, digital, physical, the whole three or parts of it or whatever. So your paper are your drops and all those sorts of things. Digital will be your social media, your newsletters, etc. So who's sending out a newsletter on a Thursday afternoon with their current stock and their home opens and a bit of a commentary, a bit of information, and then going in Thursday, Monday morning and reading as to who's opened it and read it? Who's doing that? Big opportunity, everyone, big opportunity. Because if David James has gone in and opened it up half a dozen times over the weekend, there's something in there that's interesting him, and we need to know as to why you've opened it. G'day, David. Nat Hoy here. I was having a bit of a scourge around my database over the course of the weekend, and I noticed that you had a look at my, my newsletter to you on, on Thursday. Is there anything I can help you with? See, this is using technology to generate an income. Now, we want all the latest apps, we love all the latest apps, but yet use technology to generate an income. So, I'm going to make a connection. Then, from that, I'm going to get some details of that particular person. They're going to be my future sellers. And that's where I want up to 1,000. Out of this 2,000, I want 1,000 in there. Then, at some stage, because I've got a relationship with me, they're going to ask me for an appraisal. And that appraisal is going to go into my listing pipeline. And that's where I want anything from 30 to 50. Now, Core core Data produced a report two years ago on this in regards to a survey they did in the real estate industry. And of those people in your listing listing pipeline, 80% of those people that come to market will list with you. Because you're the only person staying in there. And this is why... I went and did an appraisal yesterday on the 23rd of the 5th. I'm only talking hypothetically here. I still think I practice real estate, which I don't. But anyway, on the 23rd of May, yesterday, I did an appraisal. And they told me today they were getting two people in because I said I wanted to be there today, uh, yesterday because I've got, I got a function to go to today. Over the course of the next two or three weeks, let's say the 6th of June, haven't made a decision, still thinking about it, can I come and see you or whatever it might be, on the 6th of June, when I ring them, there's still three of us in. On the 21st of June, they're still talking about us. One's dropped off straight away as in an agent. Then, if I'm going forward in, say, two months' time, let's say the 30th of September, I'm giving you a guarantee, ladies and gentlemen, you're the last person standing. You are the last person standing because you have a fantastic follow-up system and you're in this group here that will close off on 80% of those That's how you make 20-odd sales a month. That's how your team makes 93 sales a month. That's how young Aaron over in in Duncray did $990,000 in his third year in the industry. It's because our process is far more important than our outcome. Our process is far more important than our outcome, and if we... Practice that day after day after day. You will arrive where you want to get to. Now, I know you all have. I know you have, all have different uh, motivations in life and these sorts of things. All I'm saying to you, this is the one industry that can get you to where you want to go financially and you can leave a legacy for your family. My daughter-in-law is the theatre sister at the hospital in Esperance hates weekend rosters, because all she does from midnight to dawn on a Sunday morning is patch up young drunks and ODs. A couple of years ago, they, she's on 80000 a year, a couple of years ago they got a salary increase, the nurses, 3% over three years, that's 1% per year, 1% of eighty grand is $800 a year increase. Seriously, we can increase our income by being master prospectors. This is an opportunity for us. Here's another thing. Can you answer me? Is it a buyer's market? Buyer's market? Yeah. Yeah. Who's bought a property in Perth, an investment property here in the last two years? Exactly. Here's your opportunity, everyone. Let's look at our own product and what it can do for us. So here's your opportunities here here to do these things. Now, um, I mentioned earlier on that I think one of the keys to it is to pursue what you believe in. So I was introduced in in sales when I was still in the banking industry and uh, that was many years ago. But would you believe when I was in the bank in 1980, we had sales targets then? The banking industry had sales targets on us then and that's how I learned how to sell, part of it. Someone had come up from Perth and tell us what to do then I f- then spent the next 18 months of my life when I left the bank selling life assurance door to door. tried in Kalgoorlie guys. Because <laughs> if the bloody big New Zealander doesn't get you because you've just waken him up because he's come off night shift, his dog will get you anyway. <coughs> but that's how we learnt to sell. So I'd have decided to pursue what I believed in, which is, I believe in sales. And I've led a wonderful life because I'm a salesperson. And I continue to live a wonderful life today together with my wife and two adult children and two grandchildren. Because I'm a salesperson, I believe in it. And I believe in the real estate industry because we have the one product that is the number one wealth creation product in Australia. Forget about our market and we've taken 10, 5 10 15 20% downturn. It'll come back. Look at the wealth that's been created in Sydney and Melbourne in the last five years. And if we went to those people whose property is appreciated by a million dollars or 500000 or whatever over the last five years and asked them how much they saved in that time, there would be no comparison. So I pursue what I believe in, which is my product, which is real estate. How many people in your database now have you sold an additional property to? Because there's many people in Perth and there's many people in Product in, 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 in Perth that between 2003 and 2008 killed the pig in regards to the value of their properties. They've still got those properties. They're available for us to talk to. They need to buy an investment property. The days of relying on the federal government to provide our retirement for pension are gone. They're tampering with it. What about the tampering with the superannuation? That's a product. The next one is that I fell in love with is the small business model. I'm a small business person just like you. I'm not a corporate person. They just frustrate me. And I love my small business attitude. I've been fortunate over the years I've been involved in to be involved in five other small businesses that I've provided seed capital for and helped them get started been a wonderful journey in that regard. So I love the small business aspect to it. And I love the fact that in regards to my industry and why I pursue it is, yeah, I can stick a sign on someone else's property and I can do well from it. I love the fact that I'm in control of my income, which will depend on how much prospecting I do each day. So you're probably saying now, well, where do I get started? Okay, so for those. Experienced people in the room, and I can look around the room and see a lot of them that have all got their 1,000 plus, your prospecting activity is simply calls and continue with your networking and your social media. If you're not in a network group in your farm area or your patch or whatever, seek one out and go and join it. But for the experienced people that are writing those numbers, four, five 500,000 a year, this is, this is where your business is. So you might want to write this down, ladies and gentlemen. The key to it is to put a name to a property. Is to put a name to a property. So I met someone. So I met someone socially on Saturday night. Where do you live? I live in Vic Park. Okay. I can then go and put a name to that property and find out where they are. I can then go past their house tonight, a few days later, and just drop a little thank you card. Dear Derek and Lee, great to meet you at that function on Saturday night. Look forward to being of help to you in the future. I've got them because no one else does it. I've got them. That's the value of networking. Put a name to a property. This is how we get to here. Now, for all those that aren't at that level, here's the go. First one is right at the very top that I mentioned to you, please learn your CRM system. Please know it. Second one is work ethic. Before you set your prospecting plan, you've got to know what your work ethic is. I never, ever leave a conference or go to a conference and Eric is on now. Eric's on this weekend. Paul, you've got yours this weekend, haven't you? When are you going? Okay. Yeah, tomorrow, is it? Uh, okay, so Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Harcourt's have got then on. There's never a booth down the back that says purchase work ethic here. Number one, know your CRM. Number two, your work ethic. And number three, have a budget for your prospecting plan. A budget for your prospecting plan. It takes 90 days to have some impact in your marketplace. So if I go 30 days and run out of money and start again, I'm back here everyone. I would rather you do five things fully funded than try to do 20 things and do them bits and bits and bits and bits. It must be fully funded. So people would come to me in my business in Kalgoorlie and they'd say, what do we have to do, DJ? And uh, and I know this was cruel and I, I shouldn't tell you, but I used to. John I want you to come back at five o'clock tomorrow night because I'll be here and I'm going to pick out 20 names in the phone book I'll highlight and you can sit in my office and ring them up. Wasn't that a terrible thing to do to John? I feel bad about it now. But what I would say to John, second appointment is I'm going to come home and interview you in your house with your partner and I'm going to tell her you're not going to cook the Sunday barbecue anymore for lunch and we would go through that. Then I'd say to them two things. Number one, you need $780, it was, to do your registration. And number two, you're going to put me in funds of $2,000 because that will be your marketing for the next 12 months. If they come back with their $2,000, I knew they were going to make it. And then we would go and do all their various marketing and that for them. But you might look at your social media, your drops. And I was talking to Murray about this. Where's Murray? What, what, 300? Oh, 350? 350. If you see Murray, I've negotiated a deal with him, everyone. <laughs> 350 for 10,000 drops one side. This is what happens with drops, everyone. Go to the letterbox, get it out. Count, count. 10 seconds to get to the bin and it goes in the bin. This is what happens with your social media post. on to the next one. It's the same amount of time. It's just profile, ladies and gentlemen. It's just profile. It's just getting your name out there. Um, You've got your database I mentioned to you. Suburb reports. Now, I find the suburb report I get, and, and can I just say this about DL flyers? Is there anyone here from Alan Burke's office? Okay. I'm in South Perth, and I don't know how often I get them from Alan Burke, but I get a flyer from Alan Burke Every now and again, I don't think it's changed other than his colours and his logo in 10 years. If I was a layman and he's the only one that puts one in there, who would I go to? I'd go to Alan Burke. Um, Suburb reports I like, buyer work. Here's the numbers, everyone. Here's an opportunity for you with prospecting with buyer work. Did you ring your buyers back, John? I would say to someone at lunchtime Monday, mate, no one rings me back. Mate, leave messages, don't hear from them. If I know my ratios are, for every buyer callback I do, every 10 buyer callbacks I do, if only two talk to me, that's my ratio, so I know what that is. Five minutes, right? Um, community FaceTime. Uh, I'm a great believer in the community FaceTime. People get to see you. If you're involved in organisations, they get to see that you can be trusted. They get to see that you're reliable. Just listed. How many just listeds are we doing these days everyone? 300, 300 yeah. Anything, anything more than 300. I reckon a thousand. Here's a case here. Marmion Avenue. Kallaroo and Malaroo where the ocean is. Who buys in Kallaroo and Malaloo? People in Craigie, Padbury, Heathridge. Where do we drop just listeds? Here. Where, do you buy, where are your buyers coming from? Every buyer that comes from a home open, it's got to be. How did you hear about this property? Every seller's got to be something. Then you'll know where to spend your money. Six weeks after settlement. Hands up those people here that go and knock on the door. Six weeks after their sale, their purchaser has moved in. Six weeks after. Who goes and does that? Well, well, well. Someone up the back here has done it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's an opportunity. You go and plop the other agent signs in your area. That sign comes down, give it a couple of months, knock on the door. Hi, David James. <coughs> from Acton, Mount Lawley. Nat Hoy told me to go and do this. Hi, I'm David James from, from Acton Mount Lawley. Here's a bit of a pack. And mate, we can have anything in there. You can have something from the show, you can have pizza vouchers, whatever it might be, your pizza shop, etc. Welcome to my neighbourhood. Because you know what? The person that sold them the property hasn't gone back. Would you like to hear from me? I can drop something in your letterbox or into your email every month. There it is. I've got a relationship with them, haven't I? I'm the only one that's staying in contact with them. Because, and guys, how often has it happened? How often has we, have we sold a house? Milton, this would have happened to you. We've sold a house, haven't stayed in contact with them. They're going to live there for 100 years, they told you, and your drive past and a sign on it in two years' time. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I'm to blame because someone else has come in. There's an opportunity for those people. That are s- anniversary cards. You can go and access all the information and do up your anniversary cards a month in advance. They can sit on the front seat of your car and you can just drop them as you're going around and your farm area drive through. Lots we can do, ladies and gentlemen. Two things I finish off with is this. The first thing with prospecting, can I ask you to remove the false finishing line? So anyone who's owned a racehorse will know. It takes weeks and weeks and weeks to get him to starting line. So I ring the trainer. I used to ring Neville Parnham, the trainer, on say, how are we going, Nev? He's out of the paddock, Dave, back into training. How are we going, Yeah, Yeah, he had a setback the other day. Then eventually, Neville tells me on, on Friday that it's going to start this next weekend. Can you come down from Kalgoorlie starting Ascot? Yeah, I'm coming down. Mate, ring him on Wednesday. No, he's hurt his leg. I can't ring the Turf Club and say, hey, President of the Turf Club, I own a horse. You've got to cancel Saturday's meeting because my horse can't start. It doesn't work that way. Adam Simpson can't ring up the AFL and say, hey, we've got Elliot Yo injured this weekend. We can't come over to Melbourne. Can we put it off another week? Remove the false finishing line. Because remember, every time you do this and you start again, you're starting again. Remove the false finishing line. And the last one is remove fear. That's what holds us back. We anticipate the negative answer. And you know what? It's not there. We anticipate the negative answer. I was fortunate and unfortunate as a 16-year-old in Kalgoorlie that I played Aussie rules, A grade Aussie rules in Calgary as a 16 year old. This was my height ladies and gentlemen and I was 60 kilos. I had a chest, had a tummy, today I've got, no I had a six pack isn't it Derek, today I've got man boobs, man boobs and I've got a bit of a bear belly but I was 60 kilos and I'm going up against guys that are 20, 25, 30, 35 and one of them was a guy called Alex Stack. And he played centre-half back for railways. And he was a big Aboriginal. And the only thing I ever used to see were these eyes coming towards me. Fear. And my coach at the time, Neil Flood, said, Sadie, he used to call me Sadie for some reason, you've got an opportunity here, son, as a 16-year-old. Not many 16-year-olds play agro. I said, Floody, what am I going to do? You know? I'd been to the toilet 10 times before my <laughs> first game. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? He said, you just run flat out, mate. Now, you're fast, so just run flat out. Because then, Damien, you know this, so when they hit you, they're going to bounce off you. More importantly, I'm going to bounce off them. (laughs) So Alex Stack was not only the centre-half back, he occupied the whole half-back line because he was like this, and I'd have to get past him. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, and I learned how to cope with fear because I knew that if I was going 100 miles an hour and they bumped me, I could roll, etc., and I know if they jumped on top of me, the worst thing that they're going to do is give me a couple of bruises. Put aside fear and remove fear. Because you know, in regards to being afraid, it's not until that next fearsome moment that we realise that we weren't previously afraid. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. So if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.